Welcome to the show. Test one, two, test one, two. Check, 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 check. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Nick Reynolds, Steve Harness, and Cousin Brewski. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Take one. It's The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. All of Brewski back at it on, uh, well, nationally, somewhat of a somber day. Recording date, September 11, 2023. I had a mental note to tell you guys we should not mention it's 9-11, but why? we go. Because it's not 9-11, anyone listening to this. But it's going to be relatable for the at least a week, dude. People are going to be thinking about it, right? All right. For those of you that were bummed out on 9-11, we're here to bring it back to you again. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's something we should all think about. I was saying it on the radio today, because radio is real time, but I'm like, well, you know, don't forget. What else am I, what, uh, what else am I supposed to say? Never well, yeah. forget. Never don't, forget. Don't say don't forget, dude. Please don't, have some class. What's the same difference? Come on. <laughs> dude, I've got uh, some audio to play for you a little bit about 9-11. I mean, we have to talk about 9-11 on some level, yes? We do? Okay. Yeah. If you feel we do, then we do. <laughs> so. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve Olabruski. See our webpage, thevocalminority.net, and see all our socials right there. See what you think. Yes, indeed. Uh, back again this week, and I'm still in my temporary studio for anyone watching us on YouTube or the social media pages. Welcome yeah. to my living room. You feel uncomfortable? Is that it? I don't like the setup at all, no. Mm. I mean, I... the background's okay. I prefer my actual studio setting. But yeah. as I was telling you guys off air, because I don't have a mixing board, I, I can't hear myself in my own head, and that yes. bothers me. And my wow. camera's up too freaking high. So. And you got cats behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bothered by certain things. But yeah, you sound good, and I understand it's a little uncomfortable to be in a new place, but it makes you stronger, damn it. Thank you. Uh, Brewski, what's up, <laughs> little brother? Hello, Hi, Brewski. Oh, there you are. Oh, there you go. Now we can hear you. Yeah. We're having no. technical difficulties. We're no, going to persevere, I'm, I'm... just like everyone for 9 11. Never forget. Never forget. Not don't forget. <laughs> Never forget. Brewski, hey, did you forget? Never. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> don't no, ever no, do I, don't, it. I, don't, I don't say that to be to be funny or anything like that. I just, I just, I, I don't because it, it everything kind of emanated from here, so it's sure. kind of a, it's a big deal, you know. You feel you closer were much to it being in uh, like uh, emotionally. I mean, do you feel closer to it than you think a lot of America might because of your uh, geographical proximity? Yeah, but but I mean, not to New York City. Obviously, you know, both the flights came out of Logan. Yeah. Um, you know, and there are a lot of people on those planes from Massachusetts. You know. So. Yeah. No. All right. Well, now that we're all depressed, why don't we do no. well, a little bit of news? This is need to know news. News you need to know. Hello, Americans. This is Paul Harvey. Stand by for news. Man. How? Now. Um, are we doing 9-11 right away? Should we get that over with? Or you want to get it out of the way? We can do it so. if you well, want. That'll yeah. be brought it up, yeah. I don't know what I'm not supposed to forget. Oh, okay. Well, there's I'm a not lot forgetting not it. to forget. You, we you all did. live through it. Like you my don't... kids, they didn't live through it. Maybe they'll forget. But how do we forget it? Well, maybe uh, what America has forgot, in my humble opinion, is the uh, last five or six years, we uh, became real entitled to act any way we want. So we have kind of forgot what makes this country great. And we were reminded of that on 9-11, right? If you yeah. say so. You don't think so, dude? I mean, even I was looking at Giuliani and what a douchebag he is. Uh, I thought yes. during 9-11, uh, there was a part of me that respected you. I mean, you've lost all of that and you're in the minus, but you know what I mean? Yeah, that part we should forget that Giuliani used to be a respectable mayor. <laughs> but uh, I'm still struggling to figure out what we're all supposed to really do today. What we're supposed to not forget and what I then do with that. We got screwed as a country. What am I supposed to do with that, you know? Your glass is really half full, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm being honest about that. Like, what do you mean? I mean, you know what? Out of any bad thing that's happened to you in your life, if you can't take something from it and be like, you know what? I'm going to look at this side of it and I, I'm going to be better for it, then you're losing. I mean, Well, your notion of like bringing the country together yeah, is I mean it's been destroyed by Trump and everything that has happened in these last fair enough uh, eight years or whatever. So I'm not, I just don't know what to do with that. Nine eleven doesn't make me want to bring the country back together. 
I think that you should be able to grow from the experience we had and the fact that uh, you say, oh, it's been ruined by Trump and everything is true, but it doesn't have to ruin your spirit, your <laughs> lessons. Listen to why I bring all of this up. Sure. You just, are you going to try and learn from 9-11 or are you just never going to forget? This is a legitimate question I'm trying to ask that I posed yeah. on the radio today. Like, okay, don't forget. Never forget. Okay, I, I definitely will never forget it. Now what? Do I just light a candle and mourn those that are lost? But I don't know what to celebrate today, quote unquote. I don't know the silver lining in that dark cloud. Oh, I don't think it's a celebration by any means. But well, what I am think I supposed to honor besides those that were lost? The way you live. Live your life, dude. Live your life well, because there's <laughs> a lot of people who cannot. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm reminded about that every day, so I don't know. Live your life well, Stephen. The <laughs> okay. reason I bring this up, dude, is because, yes. you know what, like Brewski was saying and like we're kind of talking about here, uh, there have been Republicans who always seem to come out on 9-11. Oh, I'm not yeah. saying anyone is completely disingenuous about saying 9-11 was a bad thing. I do think when you're posting on social media about it and you haven't always showed that you're never forgetting and doing the right thing for 9-11 is a pile of crap, dude. And so many people do. What do I mean by you're a pile of crap? Well, just like we know, John Stewart has been floating around trying to help some of these first responders. A filled room of 9-11 first responders and in front of me, a nearly empty Congress. Sick and dying, they brought themselves down here to speak to no one. It's shameful. It's an embarrassment to the country, and it is a stain on this institution. And you should be ashamed of yourselves for those that aren't here, but you won't be. Because accountability doesn't appear to be something that occurs in this chamber. John Stewart goes on for, I mean, uh, close to 10 minutes at the very least, uh, talking to Congress, and it is uh, one powerful clip after the next. I mean, this is a performance you'd be like if it was in a movie, you'd be like, he's up for the Oscar. That was incredible. But yeah. it was all like real facts of these men and women first responders dying and their families who lost their breadwinners struggling and you and congress will not vote for them to be taken care of yeah but still my moral outrage yours john stewart's anyone who has a brain in this country has had no effect and will have no effect on the gop so again i don't know what i'm commemorating or keeping the outrage alive like they're eventually just going to snap out of their weird bubble well, uh, John Stewart has gotten them to make a little bit of progress in taking care of some of these people, and some things have been settled. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we got to forge on and at least take care of the people who took care of us and our country on that day. And I'll just point out once again the hypocrisy of the left is, or, or, or the hypocrisy of the right is not lost on me. You know what I mean? Over and over and over again. With 9-11? Yeah, you bet. Trump uh, went on True Social, spoke about 9-11. This couldn't come from more of a butthole than a heart, okay? <laughs> no one yeah. who lived through the horror of the September 11th terrorist attacks can ever forget the agony and the anguish of that terrible day. It was a terrible day. The images <laughs> of dark plumes of smoke billowing over lower Manhattan, the Pentagon, and a field of Pennsylvania, such a beautiful field, are <laughs> seared into our minds forever. We will never forget. Today, on this solemn anniversary of those monstrous attacks, we remember the 2,977 precious souls who were savagely taken from us on that morning 22 years ago leaving a void that can never be filled. Never. Can never be filled. No no. Although no. all of them voted no for matter. Biden last time. <laughs> yes. He goes on and on, dude, and it's so unheartfelt. And people, his base is just eating it up like prayers for this man who is well, such a patriot. Well, let's, like, let's, let's never forget that on that day, he was brought on onto the news, mm. and, and he said, the first thing he said was, 
Well, now that the World Trade Center has been has come down, now you know Trump Tower is the tallest building in all of Manhattan. Right. Yes. That's the first thing he said. The first, first thing. thing. He's a freaking narcissist. Everything is through the spectrum of Trump for Trump. Yes. So let's never forget that kind of crap. Let's never forget the Republican hypocrisy that it's come about from it. But I always feel like everyone on social media is never forget, never for. Okay, I don't. I'm not forgetting. Now what? What am I supposed to do? Light a candle. I don't get it. You know. Well, I, go, I think, why don't you go serve your community if you're genuinely looking for what you can do? Why don't you go serve your community, dude? I don't see how that has anything to do with 9-11, though. Making your community better? I mean, it is. It's about people coming together and serving the damn community. Why don't you see that, dude? Why, I'm so lost that you don't see the connection. I don't. I don't. What you're saying is a good message. Yes, we should all come together and serve our community. I just don't know how 9-11 does that. People from Washington State uh exported to new york city to go clean up those trade centers and uh that's the world coming together for a message to the rest of the world we that you won't break us right sure <laughs> I, I'm, brewski i am i am i talking out my butt right now be honest, dude. Do you see yeah, my I, point at all that yeah, I don't know what I, to do I, with this day? Yeah, no, I, I, and I, I get it. And I, I don't, I, I see how what Steve's saying as far as there's really no connection between public service and 9-11. It's one thing to, to maybe respect other folks in the country a little bit more, but that's more on a personal level and, and a humanity that brings it together that way and be a little nicer to other folks and that sort of thing. But that should be something that you should do every day, not just one day of the year. Oh, I'm not talking one day a year. That's what I'm t- Steve's asking. Now what? So, no, no, yeah, no, no, for the but, rest but, of the year, be a better person. Listen, yeah, maybe this should be First Responders Day. Like, that would make sense to me. We should all be honoring first responders on today. You know, sure, okay. There's some connectivity there in my brain. Then what? Then you move on to September 12th and get back to your life. <laughs> so no matter what we do with this day, it's just going to be one day of, uh, of I, thought. Nick, you celebrate Christmas every day. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, Nick, what you're saying is very noble, that we should turn it into a pro-community kind of thing. But that's not what it evokes in my brain. Uh, I, I would subscribe more to my first responder thing. Like, this is a day to go thank them. Although the ones in your community probably didn't have anything to do with it, but whatever. Still a nice gesture. Right? All starts with a seed, Stephen. Sure. I mean, sure. you know, so. Well, however, you know, like I said at the beginning of this, yeah. you're allowed to feel how you feel about 9-11. Uh, we will give the uh, douchebag of the week award to one Marjorie Taylor Green as she makes her post about 9-11. And uh, turns it into an attack on Joe Biden. So it would be is- easier to point out the week she's not a douchebag. But go ahead, look at her. Probably true. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, let me see her quote here. Today, this day will not be forgotten. Uh, today, we remember the lives taken from us by the hands of Islamic terrorism 22 years ago. Americans are still dying and suffering from the toxic chemicals and dust endured after the building fell. Let us also not forget the betrayal of everyone who died that fateful day by the Biden administration who handed over weapons and ceded the territory we held in the Middle East to the Taliban who works with Al-Qaeda, the very enemy we sought to defeat after decades of fighting and lost American lives to. Wow. Trying to score political points on 9-11, yeah. huh? Well, and of course, they all conveniently forget it was the Obama-Biden administration that finally caught Bin Laden and shot him in the face. Well, we never saw proof of that, Steve. He was buried at sea. <laughs> we need to, come on. So that's why uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene gets my douchebag award of 9-11. Uh, that's something I won't forget. Need to know news. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, this is a fire. News you need to know. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. All right. Which depressing story would you like to hear first for my rounds? Uh, you want to hear about COVID or about Biden's poll numbers? Uh, well, tell me Biden's poll numbers because I don't find yeah. them depressing right now. You should. They're bad. Mm. Biden and Trump are essentially <laughs> tied nationwide. Like, Yes, okay. uh, but that's a but, good thing. 
Oh, I don't think it's a good thing, but it's okay. Currently it is. I have, well, here are five things you should know about Biden's bad polling. This is from uh, Kevin Robler from uh, Huffington Post. and This should hopefully make us feel a little better because CNN came out this week with the latest polls that yeah. basically shows that Biden is not in a very strong position at all to win this thing. And yeah. that should be causing a lot of people to freak out. However, this article points out everyone should just probably take a chill pill. All right. Now, First and foremost, I don't even look at this next election as Trump versus Biden. I look at it as sanity versus insanity, democracy versus autocracy versus, I mean, it's, Thank you. it's Trump I, against whoever is on the Democratic ticket. I don't care if we nominate a parrot. You can't be voting for Trump. So all of these people that are like, I don't really like Joe Biden. Yeah, no one loves Joe Biden. All right. <laughs> it's really not the point. Come on. If he was running against any other Republican, I would say maybe that's the point, but he's running against insanity. So that's all anyone should really be understanding. Do you want to vote for a chaos for anarchy or don't you? So that's my first commentary on that. But Agreed. So let's see here. Uh, the unofficial end of summer marked the beginning of freakout season for some Democrats as polls with both the Wall Street Journal and CNN showed President Joe Biden in a tight race with likely GOP opponent, some guy named Donald Trump, well more than a year ahead of the election. Uh, the Journal poll has Biden's approval rating at 42 percent, and it shows him earning 46 percent of the national vote to Trump's 45 percent of the national yeah. vote. Well, I got a question. Was that? Did you say a Wall Street Journal poll? Uh, yes. Okay. Let's keep in mind number one that the Wall Street Journal is owned by Rupert Murdoch. Okay. Okay. And and don't even tell me that if Rupert Murdoch commissioned a poll on on the election and it showed Joe Biden ahead, that 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 the Wall Street Journal would show that Biden was ahead by a lot. By you don't a, think they'd print it. Not at all. And well, that, hold on. Are we really saying they're like they're altering their poll? I mean, they hire independent firms to go no, do all don't. this. No, they don't. The guy that the guy who ran the poll for, <laughs> for Wall Street Journal was actually a former Trump pollster paid for by the Trump campaign. Well, then why does it show the same as the CNN poll? Because and they also, by the way, they, they also show that that CNN, the, both those polls, they, they surveyed 59 percent of the respondents were registered Republicans. Hmm. Well, okay. So CNN poll shows the same thing. Biden's approval rating at basically forty uh, percent, and the national race at forty-five to forty-six. Now, here's an interesting one for you, Bruski. The first reason they say not to freak out: this is not a conspiracy. <laughs> Let's get this out of the way. Biden's weak poll numbers aren't some evil plot by ratings-obsessed CNN or the Rupert Murdoch-owned Wall Street Journal to hold make it falsely appear that Biden yeah, is tanking. Okay. <laughs> All right, hold on one second here. You, you just bear with me for a minute here, okay? Yeah. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just reading what they said. Just no, I bear it. with me, guys. Hold on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, in this corner, wearing blue basketball shorts, it's Stephen Harness. Don't and announce what's under my desk. <laughs> oh, uh, and a huge penis. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, in this corner, it's Bison Brewski. Let's take it clean fight and let's have it, boys. Well, so, ding, ding, ding. So here's my thing. Number one, we need to remember who now owns CNN. Okay. Brewski comes out light. <laughs> <laughs> And Harness comes back just reading what this article says. It's not a conspiracy, but let me just wow. read what it's saying here, okay? We lost Brewski. Some, some of your points are in this. I can see it ahead of me here. All right. Let's hear what this article says, because honestly, I don't know enough about what you're saying to, to fight you over it, because I have no idea. Well, I'm, um, I'm, not, I'm not looking for a fight over it. I'm just, I'm just trying to provide context to it. That's all. Sure. So, okay. So these are five things or five reasons we should not all be freaking out about Biden's poll numbers. And interestingly enough, you can't be the only person with this thought because it's the first thing they point out. Here's what they say. Uh, Biden's weak poll numbers are not some evil plot by ratings obsessed CNN or the Rupert Murdoch owned Wall Street Journal to make it falsely appear that Biden is tanking. Various liberal and democratic social media influencers have implied over the past week that these polls are invalid, but ended up exposing their own ignorance rather than media wrong doing. Yes, a Trump-aligned pollster, Fabrizio Lee & Associates, helps conduct the Wall Street Journal poll, but so does GBAO Strategies, a major Democratic polling firm that has done work from everyone from John Fetterman uh, to Emily's List, whatever that is, uh, pairing up campaign pollsters of opposite parties in a common tactic for media or advocacy organizations looking to get nonpartisan poll results. 
Similarly, CNN conducted a, quote, oversample of Republican voters in its poll in order to get a better picture of the Republican presidential primary, not to somehow stack the deck against Biden. Both media and partisan pollsters regularly oversample specific ethnic, ideological, or geographic groups to get uh, more details on how a specific place or block of voters is feeling, rather than relying on subsamples collected in the normal course of polling. Okay, so but but you don't you don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't want the music. Cut it, cut it right now. <laughs> cut it. All right. It's off, dude. Vetoing the music. Yes, go ahead. Off. Sixty percent. Sixty percent. Really, you're you're gonna oversample sixty percent Republicans? Really? Like that 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 doesn't seem a little off to you? Is that a rhetorical question? I don't have an opinion on it. I'm just going by what they're saying. Oh, no, I'm, I'm arguing with the, with the article itself. You, okay. You know, so I'm just bothered by it because I just I just think that it's they're missing the, the point entirely. I'll give it to you. I don't know today. So I'm sorry, Nick. No music needed. I'm not fighting back on this. I don't know. I'm not fighting with anybody. I'm just. I'm, You're fighting with the polls. <laughs> I'm wrestling with my poll under the desk right now. <laughs> uh, All right. The next reason we should not take it out and play with it. I still like seeing it. So. Right. And I am wearing blue basketball shorts. You're right. All right. The next reason we should not freak out over these polls. The anti-bedwetting brigade is out in full force and mostly correct. There are many, many reasons to downplay the importance of these polls, and various Democratic bigwigs were out in force this week announcing them. Uh, quote here, I don't worry about any poll that's a year and a half before the election, says Senator Chris Murphy. Uh, while his timeline was not entirely accurate, he's correct to say that the predictive value of polls this far out is essentially nil. Who's President- Chris Murphy? Is he a Republican? No, he's uh, a Democratic senator from Connecticut. Correct, right. Brewski. Correct. Yes. Uh, President Barack Obama and Bill Clinton both came back for clear victories after trailing the leading GOP contenders at this point as far out from their races. So, you know. Yeah. Um, so essentially they're saying it's a little far out. Polls notoriously change. So calm down. Have you ever been, uh, given an added in a poll? Have you ever been polled? No. Who are these people? It's a good question. They're polling, dude. I never get polled. A lot of them are based on landlines, which is clearly a flawed demographic to be polling nowadays. So. It's all senior citizens, dude. Right. <laughs> so, you know, which maybe that's why they oversample some rates than other. They're trying to compensate. I don't know. <laughs> and again, all polls are metrics. There, There's a margin of error. I mean, so. Sure. But the point is, these polls are coming out showing Biden's not in good shape and everyone's freaking out. So I'm trying to calm us all down. Uh, the polls point to uh, real and clear weaknesses. Now, regardless of the caveats, it says, the surveys also point to a series of very clear weaknesses for President Biden. The first one, and the one Biden can't do anything directly to change, is his age. Many Americans think that Biden is too old to be president and have real worries about how he would hold up during a second term of the White House. Uh, the second is his handling of the economy. Let me say first, he is too old, dude. And so is Trump. No, uh, you know, uh, come on. They're they're Everyone's too old. Those are the choices. So you got to pick an oldie. Well, yes and no. Like, uh, yeah, everyone seems to forget that Trump is only a few years younger than Biden. Right. But it used to be that age equaled experience and wisdom. You used to go to the old man in the town square to get his advice on because he's been around. Like, right. Like we were talking about with Mitch McConnell off air with his freeze ups of late. I don't care what your age is until you start to seem old. If you're having memory issues, if you can't get a full sentence, like if you're acting incoherent, then that's bad. But if you're old and you don't seem incompetent, then age should equal wisdom and experience, right? Yeah. I mean, it did for RBG. And uh, if you, unless you're in cognitive decline, uh, you should be good to go. Right. Now, I understand that Biden trips on his tongue, but first of all, so does Trump. So if you're going to hold that as your metric, like, you know, that's completely unfair. Uh, also, every public speaker trips on their tongue here and there. You can edit a montage together of and, anyone who speaks publicly to sound stupid. And President Biden is, is known to be a stutterer or was when he was a kid. Yes, he has an actual actual speech impediment that he spent his life working through. So, you know, cut the guy some slack. Now, if he's pulling a Mitch McConnell and freezing up for 30 to 60 seconds in front of a live audience. Yeah, totally different. And Mitch McConnell should retire. Like, dude, something is wrong with you. And he's saying he's going to make it to 2027. Baloney. 
No way. No, dude. He should be done right now. And that's not a uh, a partisan thing. Uh, Diane Feinstein should be done too, right? Yeah, or- probably. I mean, you know, she's back in, in in working at the office, and I don't see that she's fallen off a cliff, but she certainly is looking withered. I've seen a few but- things of late cognitively that have been a little questioning. But anyways, uh, what was I talking about? Uh, Okay, so the polls do show clear weaknesses. Uh, The third weakness is directly related to the first and is perhaps Biden's longest standing weakness dating back to the 2020 primaries. Uh, Young people have never been particularly enthusiastic about Joe Biden. Now, this is something we heard about Hillary Clinton that just pissed me off. You know, I, I don't love Hillary Clinton. I'm not enthusiastic about her. Like, I get it, but she's running against Satan. Same thing with Biden this time. I don't care if you don't love Joe Biden. No one loves Joe Biden. He's a practical, level-headed, lifelong politician who's not evil. You know where he stands. He's going to try to do the right thing. So don't tell me you have to be doing cartwheels to see that he's better than Trump. You can't mess it up, dude. I mean, you just got to make the vote, and you cannot mess this one up. It will be a country we don't recognize anymore. I hate to take that one straight out of DT's mouth, dude. I mean, that's what he's spouting. You vote for Joe Biden. It'll be you won't recognize your country, but it's opposite day, dude. Right. And Brewski, I think you're the perfect example. You didn't love Hillary Clinton, but what'd you do on 2016? Oh, I went to the poll and I held my nose with my left hand and voted with my right. And why did you do that? You didn't love her. You didn't love Hillary Clinton. You didn't have a flag hanging from your car that says Hillary. Yeah, exactly. And it was, but here's the thing though. And I I will admit this is going to be sound, sound kind of petty. But I held against Hillary Clinton my experiences during President Obama's first um, presidential election because I was a volunteer for his campaign in in the Tacoma area. And um, all of those Hillary supporters coming at me the way that they were and coming at all the the Obama supporters, (laughs) volunteers, and just coming at you all the time and that sort of thing. And I just I held it against her. That's I absolutely so held it against her. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Why'd you hold it against her? Because because those were her supporters. <laughs> right, it's but she didn't reason. tell him to do it. It's the same reason he doesn't like Dave Matthews. He doesn't like Dave Matthews' followers. It's not that he doesn't like Dave Matthews. Well, I I also don't don't like the music either. But that's (laughs) and I here's the thing is is I found this out recently. I have no reason. There's one big reason why I shouldn't hate Dave Matthews. Why? Why? Because she has the same birthday as me. Oh, really? Ah. Yeah. You never do that? You never notice that? No, I guess I did not ever notice that. I have Brewski's uh, birthday, you know, pops up in my phone when it's getting close to his birthday, but I don't remember. I couldn't tell you when it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, but most guys can't even tell you what, when, can barely tell you when their wife's birthday is. That's let true. Alone, let alone a buddy, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I wouldn't hold that against Nikki, not at all. Dottie's birthday is October 3rd. When's Rachel's birthday? Do you know? Come on. March 24th. You hesitated a little, but I'll say only because my sister's is March 25th. So I and I always tease Rachel that oh, I can't wait for your birthday for March 25th and you know, just to get a reaction out of her. So it's the 24th. Very good. All right. So we're good people. All right. So anyways, the poll does show some weaknesses. Some of them yeah. are not changing his age. And some of them can change with campaigning and whatever else. So their point is don't freak out about that so much. Um, and uh, it's just the last one. Now we got two more reasons not to freak out. Uh, the Biden campaign is mostly aware and already working to address these weaknesses. Though the full-fledged campaign has not yet started, the Biden campaign has begun a, a $25 million ad buy in key swing states. And those ads show that they're aware of these weaknesses and are attempting to address them. So give it time, basically. Yeah. And then the last reason for not uh, freaking out over Biden's current poll numbers, uh, a different indicator looks a lot better for Democrats. Uh, Polling is not the only thing we can use to predict election results. Uh, Special election results are traditionally a good indicator of the overall political environment, and comparing them to previously regularly scheduled elections can indicate uh, which way the political winds are blowing, and the winds appear to be blowing in the Democrats' favor. Nice. Uh, Democratic candidates have been overperforming the historical part of uh, partisanships of districts where special elections are held uh, by 10 percentage points over the last two years here. And there's also a poll that just came out that showed um, more so than in 2020, 
uh, a certain number of Republicans are refusing to vote for Trump. Doesn't yeah. mean they'll vote Biden. They may, or they just won't vote, or they'll vote third party. So Trump can't afford to lose that many de- or Republicans on his own side. He lost enough of them in 2020 to lose the whole election. So he's lost even more this time. Yeah. So let's not all freak out, but we should be super aware of these things and addressing them. And the last thing I think we should be doing as Democrats is just, you know, throw Biden under the bus and all scramble to try to find someone new. That's probably yeah. an even worse idea. Like Steve says, your uncle Steve says, don't freak out, but remain vigilant. And there's only one way to vote. You know what I'm saying? Vote blue no matter who. Okay. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Wow. That was brilliant. Thank you. Bruski. Well, I want to bring us a little business news. Um, moving away from the politics arena, let's move over to the business desk. And, uh, we have a major shareholder in Anheuser-Busch. $100 million to be exact. Nice. Mm. Somebody's yeah. putting money into Anheuser-Busch right now, huh? Absolutely. They sure are. And this person believes that this is a strong buy, which is... Not surprising. We are in football season, and Bud Light is making another big push advertising-wise. So uh, you may ask, who would this deep-pocketed individual be? Bruski, who would this deep-pocketed individual be? (laughs) One Bill Gates. Nice. Uh, Mr. Gates, Mr. Uh... Listen, you can do all the conspiracy theories you want about Bill Gates. The guy's not a moron, and he's not looking to just blow money. So what did he put in, $100 million? Yes, he bought 1.7 million shares of Anheuser-Busch last quarter, and it valued the purchase at $96 million. Wow. Well, I mean, he's probably looking at the fact that their stock is historically low, and that has to go back up. The faux indignation has to go away at some point right you would think yeah well i mean it went away fast for kid rock i mean look how fast he was spotted with a bud light he right. was shooting it up you know you can't put him down dude <laughs> i am curious to see how this shakes out because usually this fake indignation fake indignation uh does not last this long it almost seems like Bud Light has really become the poster child of right-wing outrage, and I don't know how soon they're going to take their foot off the throat of Bud Light. It'll be off, dude. I mean, it'll be off. I did experience, I asked for a Bud Light, oh, when I was at the uh, concert this weekend, yes. I asked for a Bud Light up at the bar at, in the uh, old key arena. I can't think of what it's called. Climate Pledge Arena. Climate Pledge Arena. Thank you, Brewski. What a catchy name. I can't believe you couldn't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I asked for a Bud Light. This old lady was like, <laughs> no, we don't sell Bud Light. I was like, have you ever sold Bud Light? And she was like, well, no. But uh-huh. I was like, yeah, that's right. So what did you get as your substitute? Because I saw what it was. A Modelo. Right. Which is still owned by Anheuser. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So funny. that's funny. What is the name of that stadium again? Climate, Climate Pledge, Pledge Arena. Arena. That's hilarious. They should just call it Liberal Guilt Arena. So <laughs> stupid, dude. I <laughs> Who hate paid it. for that? Is that a company? Uh, I don't that, know. That that's a really good question. I can Climate tell Pledge Arena. <laughs> so I'm not sure who actually paid for the naming rights, but I will I will look into that. Yeah, yeah. that's a weird one right there. But yeah. all right, I mean, good on Bill Gates. Maybe he's looking to buy Bud Light cheap and send it to his kids in Africa or whatever he's taking care of there. Yeah. It is ba- it's basically water, Bud Light. I mean, come on. Let's be honest. Uh, you uh, you like, hate Bud Light, dude. <laughs> See, during the summer, I, I, I love I love drinking it because it's easy to drink. Because it's so- basically water. Listen, I can't I've, tell if your Bud Light is a... Is it a put down to how manly somebody is that drinks it? Or is it just the product that you're, you don't care for? Oh, it's purely product-based. Listen, okay. I'm one of these West Coast beer snobs that likes beer that doesn't taste like flat carbonated water. I grew up in Michigan where all there was was Bud Light and Budweiser and uh, PBR and all of this just piss beer that I just got so disgusted by. I mean, but this summer I drank a Bud Light when I was at a bar. I had multiple choices. I, I did it for political reasons. But yeah, it just I don't know. I'm glad you guys like it. I, I just don't. It was just a question. I wonder being, if you're insulting being... my manhood or... No, 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 no. The product. No, I, I may be insulting your taste buds, not your manhood. <laughs> but oh. listen, everyone has a different taste bud thing for beer. And my point has always been, I, I think a lot of you early in life convinced yourselves that beer tastes good because it was taboo and you wanted to drink it because beer does not taste good. Oh, I disagree. 
Well, I, like an actual, like when I drink it, I'm like, oof, gosh, that's good. Well, taste Not, is relative. so Yeah, it is. I understand what you're saying. I drink more than Bud Light. However, uh, that's what stays in my fridge is Bud Light. Yeah. Like my father-in-law used to say to me, uh, all your taste must be in your mouth. What did, what did that mean? He was trying to say I had bad taste on politics or music. So all the taste uh, is in my mouth. Uh, that's, uh-huh. where, that's where my taste was. So, and my so taste funny. buds don't like crappy beer. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> I had an orange soda beer out here a couple months back. That was the best beer I've ever had in my life. It was creamy and smooth. All the bitterness was gone because of the orange soda flavor. And I know true beer lovers are like orange soda, you wussy, but it tasted good. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the point of it. Let me talk to you about overindulgence real quick since we're talking about beer. Sure. A uh, couple Modellos at the concert. I went to see the Pixies and Modest Mouse this weekend. A uh, yes. couple of Modellos. And uh, as I was hanging out, I went up to grab my wife another drink. And the lady was like, have you tried our tequila drink? It's on oh. tap. And I was like, oh, no, I have not. And it was uh, basically like it had some grapefruit juice and tequila. It was uh, fantastic. And she poured me a stiff, tall one. Was it so cut I, water by chance? Say it again. Cut water? Maybe. They, I don't know. They've been, they've been blowing up around the West Coast. They do a bunch of good tequila drinks. And a couple of the concerts I was at this summer, there was a cut water I bet uh, it was. You know, brewery there serving up tequila drinks. It was something I'd never heard of before. It was on tap. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it was good. I enjoyed it. So we finished watching the concert, and I yeah. leave to go home. And let me tell you that I had stopped drinking and what I felt like was an appropriate time to stop drinking before I had to drive us home. Rachel was drunk. <laughs> so Good. we accomplished. Yeah, well, exactly. She thing, went so to get, course. you know, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so we leave, dude, and we're driving home and I'm cruising on I-90 in the carpool lane. Well, I see this state trooper up about 100 feet in front of me and he must be going like 40 miles an hour. So I think to myself, I'm going to remain at 60. It's the speed limit. So I got my cruise control on at this point when I see him 60 lock, go past him five feet after I pass him. Lights come on. Oh, pulls me over. Really? Uh Oh, okay. Now, keep in mind, I'm in the left hand side. I'm in the carpool lane. So I got to go all the way over I-90 to get to the shoulder to pull over for this guy. Get over there. Obviously, I'm nervous. He comes up. This looks like a 12-year-old boy in a cop uniform. I mean, he Uh, was a young person. Like, just started the job kind of thing? Just started, yeah. Yeah. And he looked like Barney Fife. I mean, he was (laughs) the suit was too big for him and everything. He was very nice. License, registration, and uh, he said, you know why I pulled you over? And I was like, no, I don't. He's like, that uh, corner about a uh, mile before I pulled you over, that's they're doing construction there that's a construction zone speed limit goes down to 50 you were going 68 i was like how did you clock me you were in front of me i didn't ask him that but i'm thinking that right i was like oh to be honest with you i didn't notice the speed limit change i didn't so if it changed you know my bad (laughs) and i'm thinking oh uh, here i'm gonna get a ticket for construction double fine zone Right. right He gets my license, registration, everything, and uh, goes back to his car, comes back, and he was like, where are you guys coming from tonight? Rachel and I both have these sweatshirts on that I'm wearing, right? They're just black with big white lettering that say Pixies. We're like, we just came back from a concert. Uh Uh-oh. And he's like, oh, how was it? And we were like, oh, it was great. Uh, Have anything to drink at the concert? And I was like... Rachel's like, I did for sure. <laughs> like she's drunk. Thank and, you, counselor. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And uh, I was like, I had a couple of beers, but we got there at six and it's, you know, I started pretty early. It was a while ago. And he was like, well, just because you're coming from a concert, we know kind of what goes on with concerts. Would you be willing to step out and do some tests for me and make sure you're no. good to drive? Yeah. No. Oh, dude, I'm sitting there and I'm just like, oh, my God, I don't want to go to jail and or I don't even want to go to the police station for them to take blood, go through everything. So I was Rachel says, I just want to let you know he has multiple sclerosis. The eye test is he's going to fail and some of the balance test stuff he may fail. 
And the kid's like, oh, I know what that is. So, yeah, we won't do the eye test. Just step on out here. So no. I stepped out, Bruce. Why? Because Why I, didn't your wife stop you from consenting? Yeah, yeah, you don't have to do that. I know I don't have to, but to be honest with you, I didn't know where I sat on the scale of if I'm going to blow a breathalyzer of where I was, but I felt pretty confident in the fact that I could perform these tests and be good. No, you said yeah. say no. I know. I know. Where were you on the crapping your pants scale? Fighting. Oh, my butthole was puckered and, you know, my hands were a little bit shaky. But uh, so I get out of the car, get out. He's like, uh, have you do you vape or anything like that? Uh, use chewing tobacco. I was like, I smoke cigarettes. And he was like, when's the last time you had one? I was like, I don't know. Half hour ago, 40 minutes. It's like, OK, you're going to be fine. So asked me to do the first test, which is, you know, feet together, walk in this straight line, heel to toe, nine steps, turn around, nine steps back. Yeah. I do it, dude. And my balance, because of my MS, from day to day can be terrible. I'm also nervous. So I am walking out there, dude, and I look like I'm drunk. I mean, I, I do. And I'm not, I'll tell you. Look like I'm drunk. So I do that. He's like, okay, let's try one other thing. He's like, you know, hold a foot up uh face to face or you know leg to leg put your arms down hold your right foot up six inches off the ground stare at your toe and count to 1001 1002 oh and go Ugh. until i tell you to stop yeah just like screw me dude so i get to 12 without moving at all which i think that's got to be in the olympics somewhere right i mean <laughs> yeah. that's a long time seems like it yeah get to 12 1000 and i do a little wobble okay he's like okay that's enough that's enough he's like okay so uh we're gonna do some breathing tests right now and uh there could be a big one later that I'll get to, but we're going to start with this one. He pulls out the breathalyzer machine. Why don't they just do the breathalyzer? What are all these other circus tricks? I think it's to embarrass you. I mean, <laughs> right. I, I, do, I don't know. I mean, cards are whizzing by. I'm on the shoulder of a freeway. Yeah. So pulls out the breathalyzer, puts the tube on. He's like, all right, take a deep breath. And I do. And then he goes on to talk for 20 seconds. Now, I'm going to have you put your lips on the end of this. And I've already taken the deep breath in. So he's done talking and he's like, okay, blow. And I blow and go, go, go. Don't stop. Don't stop. And I run out of breath. Okay. Before the machine reacts. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. He was like, let's try it again. Like you're blowing up a balloon. Come on. <laughs> so I blow the breathalyzer. Finally get a beep. He says, do you know what uh, the legal limit is? And I said, yeah, it's point eight. And he was like, do you know where you are on this? Have you had to take a guess? Uh, this is a game show. Just tell me. I was like, I don't know. I mean, I would imagine that I'm, you know, well, far below that. He's like, you're point zero one. So you're uh, eighth of the way there. Good job. Go get in the car. I was Perfect. like, you why didn't dick? you start with that? <laughs> right. I was like, you dick. So I get in the car. He comes back up. He's like. Thanks for uh, being so cooperative with me. Because you uh, were so good with me, I'm just going to give you a warning. And warning he sends me what? on my way. For you didn't speeding. do anything. Oh, okay. I, Yeah, I sped in a construction zone. So I was like, okay. Oh, my gosh, dude. I'm nervous just listening to you tell the story. So, Oh, dude. I was just like, oh, my God. We pull away, and I was just like, I got to get home. Like, I was shaky you know yeah. i didn't poop my pants but i was like oh my gosh dude point zero one you could have drank way more that's the lesson i take from <laughs> yeah, that yeah right <laughs> rachel's were pulling away she's like when i was a prosecutor i uh convicted somebody off point zero four so consider yourself lucky tonight because they can actually take you to the station like at a point four point five give you a blood test to see if your alcohol level is on its way up or on its uh, way down who cares if it's on the way down you were driving right then not two hours ago yeah well if it's on the way down they'll let you go but if it's on its way up then they can arrest you even though you only blew a point zero five jeez wow well glad you made that uh, unscathed yes so that was Modelo. i'll drink bud light from now on dude Modelo is now my bad luck beer <laughs> nice well if in case you're curious the person the the company that pays for climate pledge arena yeah. is amazon 
Ah, why would they not name it Amazon Arena? Amazon Arena has a nice ring to it, actually. But uh, I don't know what you're supposed to do with Climate Pledge. Like, go Google that, research it, and go take it. I mean, that's weird, but... It's terrible. Whatever, I Bezos, still call it Kia Arena, whatever. dude. I still... And everyone knows where I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, there you go. All right. We got time for uh, one more news story. Uh, another news story, you say? This is Need to Know News. News you need to know. <laughs> And this is probably me, huh? I have no idea, but feel free. Uh, what, how do you guys feel about this topic? Uh, the headline of this article is uh, by a magazine publication uh, called Man and Home, story by Mike Walters. Headline, they're erasing women bit by bit. Transgender athlete obliterates national records in women's powerlifting. Okay. Hmm. The question is, how do you feel? about transgender athletes competing with whatever sex they've become women with women you know yep listen i know this is a loaded topic and it's uh, an easy one i feel to sort of poke at the uh why it may not be an okay thing for a man to declare himself a woman um and Bruski, you probably know more about this than I do, but there's a lot of sports leagues that have set testosterone levels so that essentially, if you're a man claiming to be a woman, you have to go on some sort of medications that lower your testosterone levels to the same level as a female athlete. They've set limits? Yeah. Well, and you well, can't that, do it overnight. It takes like months or years to lower your testosterone that far. But 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 the thing about it, though, is that there there are no transgender athletes in any major professional sport that I can think of. That's that's the the problem where where you're running into this this issue. It's in amateur athletics. It's in things like swimming. In this case, yeah, weightlifting. Right, um, and and also, it, and, uh, and also sometimes to a lesser extent, and uh, we're uh, on the lower level, like high school level. I've seen it in girls soccer and also field hockey, um, but I've never seen it in things like. Baseball, football, right, or, or basketball. Slippery yeah. slope, they yeah. might say, Bruski. Slippery slope. I wonder, have you seen it enough that it constitutes a problem or an issue? Now, I can say that with the weightlifting thing, yeah. I, think that, I think there is a bit of a problem because even if your testosterone is lowered, I believe that even as a cool, and I'm parsing my words there, biological man, okay, yeah, um, you you still are stronger with your testosterone diminished than a woman that's been like trained as a weightlifter and that sort of sure. Thing. So yeah. you think it's ultimately unfair? Um, it it depends on it depends on on the sport. It re- it really does. Right. Yeah. Harness. Yeah, I think each each sport needs to have their own criteria for this kind of thing. Um, I think in some sports more than others, like Bruce, he was mentioning, lowering, lowering your testosterone level is, is going to level the playing field enough, you know, maybe in weightlifting, not so much. So if the weightlifting industry wants to say that transgendered women can't compete or they have to have their own league or something, then I'm not opposed to it. I'm all for equality, but there probably still needs to be some exceptions here and there. But I, I don't think society at whole and certainly conservative commentators are the ones to come up with those guidelines. Yeah. I think. I think college and professional athletics need to get ahead of this issue. And some of them have addressed that you have to have certain testosterone reducing elements. And, and that's fair and fine. I don't know that there's some epidemic of men that are willing to just pretend that they're a woman so they can go win the gold and that, because that's right. not going to lead to scholarships or a, a professional career in that industry. In, Which is a Fox uh, News speaking point, right? Well, I mean, that's the uh, whole worry that the threat of, well, who's to say this isn't going to happen? As the, 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 other, the other part about this is that Republicans and the conservatives never worried at all about women's sports at all until until <laughs> this fair, happened yeah, yeah un- un- until trans athletes became a thing and the reason 100%. why is because this is not to them a, they can say it's about women's sports protecting women's sports but it's not it's it's just their blanketed way of discriminating against transgender people without being coming out and 
and and being accused of being uh, transphobic and all that sort of thing. They can say, oh, we're just trying to protect the integrity of women's sports. Right. And that's not that's not what it is. It's all about discrimination. Sure. It's, it's a way for them to get away with it. This particular article comes out of Canada. Uh, Canada. A transgender athlete from Canada shattered a national record in women's powerlifting by an astonishing 400 pounds. The event has obviously uh, sparked a heated debate over inclusivity and fairness in sports. So you're looking again at uh, one example of 400 pounds. Yeah, that's going to be a little tough to beat. I mean, uh, we're going to have to go for decades and decades for that probably to, you know, be canceled out. But uh, uh, people are outraged. They say in a sport such as weightlifting. Just shouldn't happen. So, well, this is uh, obviously something that will uh, be debated for a long time, I'm sure. But my point of this whole thing is, is that I don't think that this is a big, as big of an issue as we're hearing about. Like, I think these are isolated incidents. You know what I mean? I don't think that this is a huge thing that when you go vote, you have to say, well, I don't want women's sports, you know, ruined. So I'm going to vote this way. Yeah. This is not that big of a problem, such as drag queen story hours. These are far and few between. If you disagree with them, I'm just here to tell you, they don't happen a ton and they're not hurting your children. And it's just they're, they're so isolated from this world. The fact that they're in the headlines and you think they're such a big deal is wrong. And if men in record number are just going to go take over women's leagues, claiming that they're now women, then then that field is going to equal itself out on that front as well. Because <laughs> now you're going to have a bunch of other dudes, you know, claiming to be transgendered women. But yeah, I, I, Brewski makes a very good point that no conservative gives a crap about women's sports being treated fairly until they have a political talking point to make out of it. But yeah, each sports league needs to come up with their own rules on this. And if it's testosterone reducing levels or whatever, the fine if that's what it is and if they determine you're not allowed to then uh, you know i'll go with that too but you guys figure it out not society the sports leagues need to address this issue yes like all things when things are new uh it takes a little time to work out some of the kinks get things right get things fair think about that they just changed the pitching clock in baseball how many years later because we thought it was better we gotta iron out some details but don't freak out over it yep. exactly all right well that's gonna do it i think i'm gonna cut the show off right here gentlemen snip okay. it like a vasectomy all right the vocal minority with nick and steve all a brewski see our webpage the vocal and all our socials are there say goodbye brewski goodbye brewski and we say bye-bye test one two test one two stop I ladies and gentlemen this is the vocal minority with nick and steve nick reynolds steve harness and cousin brewski the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. <laughs>